sun comes up I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever Till the day that I died I said 18 wheels Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries And we got an awesome program for you I know you're going to enjoy it today And you're going to want to get more copies of this So... Give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org. Or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels to turn in. Town to town, there's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling from two chrome stacks. My address is 408 414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day. This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and guess who we've got riding along with us in the cab today? We've got James Payne, and I know you're going to enjoy his music, and what a powerful message he's got for us today. So, here's James Payne. Uh, Gary, thank you and Linda for the work you put in to to get the gospel out around the world. A lot of people, uh, you know, I wasn't aware of this ministry to about three or four years ago, and Gary made me aware of it. Recently, we were able to take him over to TCT and do a television program make the whole world aware. Uh, you know, TCT goes into 172 countries, and last week uh, they played the program, and Walt Mills called me yesterday and said, I heard you was going to be in Illinois, uh, over, uh, you know, uh, ministering. And I said, how'd you find that out? And he said, I saw it on TCT. So... Uh, Excuse me if I don't recognize you. Uh, people come up to me all the time. And they say, I see you on television. I can't believe you don't recognize me. And uh, <laughs> I wish it worked that way. I wish I could see you. I have to get in my car and drive or get on an airplane to come see you. Uh, somebody told me when I walked through the door that I was on every station this morning. Uh, man, I, when I got here, I turned on TV and Pope was on every station. Uh, when I when I was a kid, some of you may remember, when I was a kid, they had three channels on television. And if the president or the pope was on, your whole night was shot. And the kids were the remote control. I, I watched TV till I was a teenager like this. My dad telling me, change the channel. It only three channels. Uh... I grew up with Andy Griffith and Barney, and one bullet, and Barney could solve all the problems in the whole world. I grew up with uh, Ward and June and Wally and the Beaver and Eddie Haskell. And I've often imagined what that program would be like today. You know, June and Ward would, of course, be divorced. And the beaver would be strung out on drugs or in a game. 
and uh, Wally and Eddie Haskell would be dating. <laughs> Am I right? And there would be a law on the floor of Congress to take away Barney's gun and his bullet. <laughs> so I grew up in, in a real world uh, when family meant something, God meant something, and the Bible meant something. And sometimes I feel like a dinosaur in this 21st century society. They call us the information age. We have smart water. We have smart cars. We have smart elec phones. And we're the dumbest generation that's ever lived if we think there's anything in life that will take the place of Jesus in a person's soul. Can I get an amen tonight? Can I get a witness? Oh, you, you can do better than that. Let's, let's give the Lord a hand. Matter of fact, let's give him a standing ovation. I'm talking about Jesus. I don't know who you came to see. I come to see him. I don't know who you came to worship. I come to worship him. It was Jesus that saved me. It was Jesus that delivered me. It was Jesus that set me free. It was Jesus that came when nobody else had a hope for me, Jesus, when everybody else gave up on me, Jesus didn't give up on me. Anybody come have church tonight? I said, anybody come and have church tonight? I wrote this song and over 500 different artists recorded it and it became the theme song for the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. I'm serious, uh, and it was printed on the front page of their bulletins, and I have that uh, bulletin framed in my office, because I just can't imagine a group of Baptists or a group of Catholics singing this song. Crank up the music. Let's have church. Let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Let's clap our hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music and let's have church. You know, David said to clap your hands and shout with a loud voice. Every time you come to church, you have to make a choice. Sit there in your seat, act like you're asleep. I'm gonna sing and praise the King of Kings. Break up the music, let's have church. Oh, let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Let's clap our hands and testify of His mighty works. Crank up the music and let's have church. You know, in those old camp meeting days, when I was just a child, when the music would start playing, folks would step out in the aisle, drink that living water until it quenched their thirst. Say, crank up the music and let's have church. Crank up the music now, let's have church. Let's forget about ourselves and good Jesus. Let's clap our hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music and let's have church. I'm tired of hearing people scream out at a football game. Come to church and act real quiet while I praise Jesus' name. If you feel the way I do, get out of your seat. Let the Spirit move you from your head down to your feet. Crank up the music, let's have church. Oh, let's forget about ourselves and put Jesus first. Let's clap our hands and testify of his mighty works. Crank up the music and 
Let's have church. Clap your hands and testify of his mighty words. Crank up the music. Let's have church. I had a, the first United Methodist pastor call me the other day in Nashville and wanted to know if I'd go to lunch with him. I thought that was unusual. I went to lunch with him. He said, man, I'm hungry for God. I see you on television. He said, Lord woke me up in the morning. Of the morning you were on television. He said, I'm hungry for God. We spent about two hours together. And uh, he said, the first Sunday you were off, you got open. I want you to come preach to my church. <laughs> Can't you imagine me in First United Methodist Church? You know, how many of you have ever been in a Methodist church? They got two pulpits. Got one for the singer and one for the preacher. And the one they got for the preacher, it's got a fence around it. Y'all been a Methodist? Am I right? They open the gate and put you in. It won't be my first time in a Methodist church. And uh, I was up in North Carolina, and they put me in that, in that fence, and <laughs> I kept backing up and hitting the gate, you know, and, and uh, you know, I really do know how to preach. I mean, I, I, have, uh, I have two doctorates, and, and uh, I don't advertise that because it's not good for your redneck image, but uh, <laughs> I have two doctorates, and, and you're taught in seminary how to preach. You take one step back. You take one step forward. You never unbutton your coat. You take one step to the right. And you take one step to the middle and one step to the left and one step back to the middle and back up to the pulpit. And then you digress and you recapitulate. And I kept stepping back, hitting that gate. And I just kicked the gate open. And I just went down there where these Methodists were. And I said, what you need is the Holy Ghost like they had on the day of Pentecost. And 75 Methodists got the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning at the Methodist Church. I felt like the Apostle Paul in the 19th chapter of Acts when he met up with them Baptists and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we ain't even heard there is a Holy Ghost. That's how I knew they were Baptists. They ain't even heard it was a Holy Ghost. No offense to any Baptists that are here. You can get the Holy Ghost tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll, I'll do one more song. I do this song everywhere I go, and I do it for a reason. Uh, I was in... Uh, North Carolina. You see this little lady over here? She's got white hair right over here. In the, I met her before church. She said, I watch you on TCT all the time. And so next time I'm on there, I'll I, I think about you. And uh, she said, I pray for you. Oh. Well, there's a little lady just like her up in North Carolina came to hear me one Sunday morning at a church. And I didn't sing this song. And she came up to me after the service, and she put her, she's just about this tall, and she put her finger right up on my chin, lift my chin, like she said, she said, boy, just like that. I drove a hundred miles to hear you sing that song. Now I'm coming back tonight, and if you don't sing it, I'm going to slap the taste out of your mouth. Just like that. And so I've been singing it every service since, just in case she was there. <laughs> I never knew when I wrote this song how many people would get saved listening to this song. Without a record company or millions of dollars to promote this song, Jan Crouch spent two weeks in Nashville filming a video of this song. And the first time it played on TVN, we had over 300 calls that day, and I started getting 100 letters a week. And it was truck drivers said I was driving across the desert in Arizona, and I heard that song on the country music station. 1,800 country music stations played this song. 
and took it to number four in the charts. Right between Travis Tripp and the tractors was James Payne. Now, they had millions of dollars behind them. I just had Jesus behind me. Put up a website on this song where when you go to the website, the lyrics come up and the song begins to play. And over 43 million people have accessed that website to listen to this one song. And uh, it's still my testimony. I've sung it all over the world, sung it in Central America to a crowd so big you couldn't see the end of the crowd. It just went into the night. They all speak Spanish, but TBN has a station in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, and it's in English. And although this was a Spanish-speaking country, they sung this song back to me in English. And I still have to get used to 85-year-old women in the crowd singing this song with me. But God has used it to bring hundreds into the kingdom. Two in particular, one man in Kansas City said, I was sitting on the couch with a loaded forty-five in my mouth ready to end my life when you came on TBN and sung this song. He said, I came to your service tonight to tell you I've been saved and I've been sober for the last seven years. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Uh, As long as people keep requesting it, I'll keep singing it. My testimony. I remember the night at the end of my room in a motel in Nashville searching for hope. In my hand was a Bible I read as a child. On the table was a bottle that was driving me wide. I poured the whiskey into the glass. I prayed it would have helped me forget my past. Then I read how Jesus died on that I poured out the whiskey I fell down on my knees And that night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 God's word broke the hope That he had over me I traded Tennessee for Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3.16 I wonder if anybody here tonight knows what I'm talking about I'm telling you God can break the power of sin off your life I'm a living witness of that Now when I see those old friends that I used to know Down at that old place Where I used to go They tell me I'm different Than I used to be Gary, I love to tell them What happened to me that night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16 God's word broke the hole that he had over me <laughs> I traded Tennessee whiskey for Calvary's tree 
That night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16 Oh, that night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16 Thank you so much. Uh, we just went into the studio and uh, professionally recorded my testimony called to hell and back. Jesus walked in a hospital room in 1968 when I died from my third overdose of drugs and they covered me up with a sheet. Jesus walked in the room, pulled the sheet back and touched me on my right foot and said, I'm going to raise you up and you're going to carry the gospel around the world. January of this year was 40 years of full-time ministry, and I preached around the world because Jesus touched me and said, I'm going to raise you. Never been a preacher in our family. Never been a Christian before me in our, in our whole family tree. But Jesus saved me. Now, if Jesus walked in the hospital room, raised up a drug addict, what would he do for somebody that took Saturday night to come to church? Come on, he'll touch you. And, and we put a few songs on that, on that too, if you want videos. Let's have church tonight. Jack Daniels met John 3.16. God bless America again. Nails and Jesus saves is on this. So take advantage of those and it'll help us and it'll help the kingdom as well. Is that okay? All right. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise if you would. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Could I have just a few moments to share a message with you? I wasn't here during the day because when I got in today, I, I, I slept about an hour and then they had a party over there where we were and the kids were running up and down the steps, woke me up. And I thought about killing a couple of them, but then I thought, that's not Christian. So, uh, so I just let them play. I raised two kids. I raised one who was just an angel and I raised one who was like Rosemary's baby. So I know how kids are. So I don't know and didn't know until I came in anything's been said today. And so if I say some of the same things that's been said today, uh, you, you just need to realize God's trying to tell you something. <laughs> and he keeps on running it by hoping that you'll catch it sooner or later. Am I right? And, and so what I'm going to be talking about tonight is, uh, is something, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of personal things with you, things that, that I've been through. You know, people see you on television, they think you never had any problems. Or they see you up here preaching, and they think, well, he probably don't have any idea what I'm going through. Yeah. Have you ever felt like that? I may not need to preach this. There may not be anybody here going through anything. So I'll just ask you before I preach, is there anybody here going through anything? Well, there's a couple of us. We've got some liars with us, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, let me ask that question again. Are you going through anything? Can, can I tell you something that I've learned over the years? You always go through something to get to something. And what you're going through is going to take you to what you're going to. So the harder what you're going through is, the greater what you're going to is. And I don't know about you, but the last few years... I've been through hell and back two or three times. Now, I, I can't get no help. I feel like I'm back in that Methodist church. But, uh, but I mean, if some of you may be afraid to say anything, afraid the devil will jump on you again. I don't know. But, uh, but I'm going to talk about going through things and how you get through things. You know, there, there has been for years in the body of Christ... Some people say, well, if you just go to church and you just read your Bible and you just pray, then everything's going to be all right. Where are they from? What planet do they live on? More you go to church, more you pray, more you read your Bible, more you love God, more you give, more hell you're going to go through. But let me tell you something about, about that. My worst day as a Christian is better than my best day as a sinner. Now, 
In Acts, the 27th chapter, verse 20, and I'm going to read this from the Modern Language Bible. And, and if you're a religious person here that believes that Paul used the King James Version, <laughs> just cross yourself and, and hang on your halo for a minute because I'm using a different translation. Uh, in this verse, let me, let me set the stage where this verse is coming from. Paul, the Apostle Paul and a group of prisoners are being transported and they're on their way to Crete and it's interesting that they're three days into their journey and it said for many days they saw neither sun nor moon and the storm kept coming. That's what I want to talk to you about and the storm kept coming. Acts 27, 20 in the modern language Bible. It said the storm kept coming. Now, they're, they're on a pleasure cruise that turns into a roller coaster ride of irresistible wind and relentless rain and uncontrollable waves. And the storm kept coming. And the storm kept coming. You know, the Bible said they lost control and could no longer guide the ship. And the storm kept coming. They pulled down the sails. And the storm kept coming. They threw out the anchors. And the storm kept coming. They tied ropes around the ship to try to keep it from breaking apart. And the storm kept coming. The angel of God visited them after days of fasting and prayer. And the storm kept coming and the ship broke up into a million pieces and they grabbed a hold of the fragments and floated to the shore and the storm kept coming <laughs> have you in your life ever been through something thinking maybe tomorrow I'm going to get through this but the storm just keeps on coming it's not a day it's not a week it's not a month it's not a year it's two years it's three years it's four years people are looking at you like you must have done something wrong you must be in sin you wouldn't be going through this if you were you know living close to God I got news for you you can live close to God and the storm will just keep on coming there's some time you're going to go through something to get to something. This storm was unstoppable. Has anybody, can anybody relate to this story? My wife and I have been in the ministry for years. You know, We served God. We gave 100%. We never held anything back. Everything God asked us to do, we did it. My wife was the godliest person I know on the planet. She was more godly than I am. Come on. And she lived for God every day of her life. She spoke in tongues all the time. She read her Bible. She loved people. She was living close to Jesus. One, one day she got what she thought was a cold. She went to the doctor, found out cancer was all through her lungs, all through her liver, all through her kidneys. They gave her two weeks to live. And we found ourselves in a storm. They said we're going to put her in a hospice and, and, and you know, in two weeks she can get her affairs in order. She won't live over 14 days. She, she probably won't live 10 days. She needs to get her house in order. Seven cancer specialists told us she's going to die, but she didn't die. I got her out of intensive care. I took her home and we went to prayer, but the storm kept on coming. After two weeks, it kept coming. The church prayed, Daryl, and all the church church prayed, pastor prayed, everybody prayed. Oh, come on, all the pastors I know across the country, they prayed, but the storm kept on coming. I kept on preaching and the storm kept on coming. Four years later, on a Wednesday morning, holding her hand, quoting the 23rd Psalm, she went to heaven. But the storm didn't stop. 
Now I'm all by myself. I got nobody to pray with me. I got nobody to help me in the ministry. I got nobody to call at night and tell how the meeting went. I got nobody. I'm all by myself. It don't matter how big a house you live in, how big a car you drive, or how much money you got in the bank. When your world falls apart and the storm keeps on coming, honey, you got to have a gut full of faith. Come on. Anybody can serve God when everything's good. But when you're down in the valley and a million devils are screaming, give up, you got to reach down and get a hold of something. I'm so tired of this weak, anemic church today. They can't serve God 30 minutes. First little wind that blows, they throw up their hands and quit. Well, now I'm going to tell you something, Brother Payne. If God don't come through by Friday, I'm done. You might as well just go on home right now. Some storms are unstoppable. Anybody relate to what I'm talking about? You're sick or somebody you love sick. And you pray, you fast, you do everything. You go to the doctor, you go all of them, but your storm just keeps on coming. You're in a marriage, you didn't want it to end. You don't believe in divorce, you did everything you know to do, but the storm just keeps on coming. Your kids on their way to hell, you pray for them, you ask the church to pray for them. Do everything you can, but the storm just keeps on coming. Noah knew something about storms. Jonah knew something about storms. You know, some storms you get in because you're trying to run from God. Some storms you get in because you're trying to do what God tells you to do. Jonah was in a storm because he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. But Noah was in a storm because he did exactly what God told him to do. You see, the Bible don't tell us about Joe, about Noah's wife. You live on a boat with animals for 40 days and it rained. You got a woman ain't in a good mood. I've been married long enough to know that. The biggest storm wasn't going on outside the boat. The biggest storm was going on inside the boat. And it goes on in marriages today because somebody in the marriage is trying to live for God and do everything they can and all hell is breaking loose. Ask Job. He knew something about storms and at the end of the storm his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? I promise you their anniversary wasn't real exciting. I'm talking about storms. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I said, anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and, and the reason I'm talking about these, I'm going to quickly give you five secrets that I've learned to survive every storm. Would you like to know what they are? I'm not telling half of you. I said, how would you like to know? You're almost Baptist shouting like that. Let's get on to be Pentecostals. I said, would you like to know? Some of you have just come through a storm. You're in a storm. Come on. Or there's a storm in your future because God is talking to you all day today about storms. I haven't preached this message in years. I didn't want to preach it tonight. I told the Lord, I don't want to preach that. You know why? Because when you preach it, you go through it again. I never liked to preach on the, when I was married, I never liked to preach on the home because my wife and I would get on a, in a fight on the way to church every time. <laughs> you ever been there? It's just amazing. Uh, let me move quickly here. Uh, the, the first thing I've learned about surviving a storm, you'll find in the seventh chapter of Matthew, uh, around verse 24. And it says, the wise man, he dug down deep and he built his house on the rock. (laughs) And the winds blew and the rains came. Now what you need to understand, child of God, is it just don't rain on the unjust. Come on. The tornado blows the believer's house away just like it blows the unbeliever's house away. 
Well, I tell you what, Brother Payne, ain't nothing going to happen to me. Bless God, I tell you. Mm -hmm. Two people in the story, one built on the sand. They built on the, on the shout or, you know, the dance or the feel good. Oh, I feel good. Listen, feel good ain't going to be there when 5 o'clock in the morning when all hell attacks your body. You ain't going to feel good. Come on. But the wise man dug down deep. Let me tell you something. Write this down. The word of God will outlast any storm. You know, I have people all the time, you know, they come to me and, and I'm anointed for finances. And everywhere I go, if people will do what I tell them to do and receive the anointing that I walk in, they'll prosper. But it's up to you. If you don't believe in prosperity, then you ain't never going to prosper. You don't have to worry about it. You ain't going to have to deal with it. Everybody can pray for you until you got oily skin and your hairs wore off your head, but it ain't going to help you if you don't believe it. You see, and so every time, you know, uh, 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 Friday they reported the stock market went down 612 points, I believe. And so everybody's panicking Monday morning. It'll be the same thing. Everybody's uh, staying awake over the weekend worrying about it, and they're going to get to the broker and sell out everything, uh, you know. But they didn't tell you that in January of this year, $44 billion of unclaimed gift cards were unclaimed. How many of you caught that? $44 billion in gift cards were unclaimed. $44 billion was unclaimed by the same people that's worried. Come on. When, when problems come financially, let me, tell you how to, let me tell you how to handle it. You want me to tell you how to handle it? No matter how bad the storm is, how bad the problem is, if you're a tither, just get the Word of God and walk through your house, hold the Word of God up and say, Malachi 3.10 said, Bring all the tithe offerings in the storehouse that there might be meat in my house, and I will open the windows of heaven. I'll pour you out a blessing that ain't room enough to receive. Now, it ain't got here yet, but it's on its way. Amen. I said, it ain't got here yet, but it's on its way. It ain't got here yet, but it's on its way. Read Luke 6.38. Give and it shall be given to you good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over. It ain't here yet but it's on its way when I get through this storm I'm not going I'm not going through something amen just to go through it I'm going through it to get to it and I'm going to get to the windows of heaven open I'm going to get to the blessing poured out I'm going to get to the good measure pressed down shaken together and running over I don't care what it looks like the word of God will outlast the storm you know what the devil tried to get me to do when my wife Died is to not believe in divine healing. But you see, the Word of God says, Bob, 1 Peter 2, 24, that by His stripes we are healed. And it says in Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forgetting out all of His benefits, for He forgiveth all thy iniquities, heals all thy diseases. It says in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that heals thee. Well, I know somebody that died. Well, everybody knows somebody died. But it doesn't change the Word of God. So you know what I started doing? I started praying for the sick in every service. And you know what happened? I was in Greenville, South Carolina. How many of you ever heard Karen Peck and New River sing? Wave at me if you ever heard that great singing group. They were doing a television program with me. Her husband was in the bus because he had been diagnosed with throat cancer, and he was very sick, and he was in very intense pain. And after the, the, after the service that night, she asked me to pray for her group, and we were in a circle praying for her group. And she said, Brother Payne, if I go get my husband, will you pray for him? She went and got her husband. I anointed him with oil and prayed for him on Friday night about 10 o'clock. They were on their way. They got in their bus headed to Alabama. I gave her my cell number. I said, Karen, call me when God touches him. 
Sunday evening, I'm on my way to church. She told me that night he can't eat. He hadn't eaten anything. He gets up every uh, two hours and gargles with salt water. And he takes pain medicine. And he's just miserable. We're going next week to, to start his treatments next week. That's what she told me. I prayed for him. They got in the bus headed to Alabama. Two o'clock in the morning, he gets up. And he goes to the bathroom to gargle with salt water. And he coughs the cancer up into the sink. Brings it back in there in his hand. And shows it to Karen the next day he ate like a horse are you listening to me the next day pain left his body oh come on he was healed that's several months back he's still healed by the power of God you know why the word of God outlasts the storm come on I said the word of God outlasts the storm let me go quickly number two doing exactly what the word of God tells you to do won't keep you from facing a storm. Some children of God need to get their head out of the sand and realize that you're going to have problems. You're going to have trouble. Now don't start believing for it. Don't come down here tonight and raise your hand up and say, would you pray I have problems? You'll have enough without prayer. <laughs> and then when they come, don't say, well, I guess, you know, this is for the glory of... No. You see, Matthew 14, 22, Jesus told his disciples, get in the boat and go to the other side. They just left to be healing meeting. Man, they've been on the front... They, you know, they've been on the platform with Benny Hinn. They've seen all the miracles Jesus did, and they get in their boat, and they start across the water. And, oh, Jesus told them to go to the other side. And, man, they ain't, they ain't an hour in their cruise, and all hell breaks loose. And they're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Some of you, the devil tries to make you think, well, if you lived a better life, you wouldn't be going through this. John 8, 44 said he's a liar. He's been a liar from the beginning. He'll be a liar now. Come on. You may be going through a storm, but if you're built on the rock, you're going to come out on the other side. Number three, and i got to hurry here. In your darkest hour in a storm, help is on the way. <laughs> How do you know that, Brother Payne? In verse 24 and 25, when the disciples were in the storm... It said they faced fear, doubt, anger, self-pity, and panic. But what they didn't know, Jesus was praying for them on the mountain. He came down off the mountain and was coming to them. He's coming to some of us tonight. When we come in this altar tonight and I begin to lay my hands on you, help is on the way. God's going to strengthen you. I'm not going to tell you you'll be out of the storm. Some of you might. I'm not going to tell you you're going to be healed, but you might be. I'm not going to tell you all your problems, but, 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 but your problems may be solved. I'm going to tell you something. We need to come believe and expecting. And then the fourth thing. I've been on this sea that they were on. And did you know that in the boat that they were in, the waves would go up over the boat and dash over the boat, and they're on the boat looking up at the waves. They're higher than they are. They're higher than the boat is. How many of you understand that? The fourth thing I want you to remember in storm is what's over your head is under his feet. Because the Bible said he came walking on the waves. Not the water. He came walking on the waves. What's over your head is under his feet. Filth, finally. There's a purpose in every storm. In 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 4, it says... There will be clear shining after the rain. In Georgia years ago, and I close with this story. In Georgia years ago, there was a black gentleman that raised corn. And 
This particular year, and this is in the history books, you can read this. This particular year, he planted his corn, and he had the biggest crop of corn of anybody in this little Georgia town. And he, would, he was a believer. He'd walk through that cornfield and he'd say, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you've been so good to me. He said, Lord, look at this corn. It's the greatest corn in the county. Thank you, Jesus. One morning he got up and he looked out and there was a dark cloud. And about an hour later, a hailstorm came and it beat that corn all the way down to the ground. And he walked out of his house and his wife was watching him and looking at him and, and she was wondering, what's he going to do now? What's he going to do now? You see, this is where the rubber meets the road with you and I. We're all going to go through things, but how you handle it is how you're going to come out on the other side. And I guess God wants you to hear this today. He got to walking through that oak. He said, thank you, Lord. Lord, I praise you. I praise you, Lord. This is the best hailstorm I've ever seen. <laughs> he said, Lord, I've been growing up here since a boy. I ain't never seen no hell. It's big. Lord, you sure are wonderful. And he walked back on the back of the property there, and he saw something shining. This is truth, true story. He saw something shining back there. And he walked back to it, and he began to rake the you know, the mud and the, and the rain with him. And the more he raked it, the bigger it got. And it just was shining. And finally he dug up a big old gold nugget about this big. And he put it on his wagon. He took it into town. And the man in town said, man, where did you get this? He said, this is pure gold. He told him where he got it. They went back there and began to dig. And they found one of the richest veins of gold in that part of the county. They said, oh, they said, oh, that old man on the way back from town was in that way. He said, oh, thank you, Jesus, done found me a gold mine. Thank you, Jesus, done found me a gold mine. How many of you are sitting here tonight and you know you went through things, but you came out on the other side. And when you came out on the other side, God began to bless you. And he blessed you for a while. You had a season of blessing. And then the storm came again. And then you went through that storm. It was a little bigger that time because God's got a bigger blessing for you. And then it got a little bigger. Listen, that's why the church is going through something right now. The church is going through something. America's going through something. You know why? Because Acts chapter 2 verse 17 said, In the last day, God's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men are going to see visions. Your old men are going to dream dreams. On my servants and handmaidens, I'll pour out my Spirit in that day, and they shall prophesy. Honey, oh, come on now. I want to talk to you. God is taking us to a place we ain't never been to as a church before. He ain't taking us back to Pentecost. He's taking us to a place we ain't never been before where the sick are healed, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and souls are saved. We're entering into a time when entire cities are going to come to God. Come on. And then about the time we think it's over, trumpet's going to sound. We're going to lift out of here. Oh, man, if you really believed you're going, you wouldn't be sitting there patty kicking. You'd be up on your feet waving your hand, hallelujah, shouting. You know, there's a time in the Pentecostal church when you said that and they ran for 30 minutes. Come on. We've lost sight of heaven. We've lost our expectancy about the coming of Jesus. Honey, you better dig down deep. You better get back on the Word of God. First Thessalonians 4, 16 said, The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. We which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord you better get oh come on you better get back up on the word Lord hallelujah Lord I know it's hot here but praise God anyhow hallelujah glory to God it's gonna rain folks I said it's gonna rain 
Rain's on the way. Wayne is on the way. The refreshing of God is on the way. How to get ready? I said it's going to rain. The glory of God's going to come down like rain. It's going to cover the earth. We're going to something. That's why we're going through something. Oh, yeah, I'm a crazy man. Throw me some more water. My God, we need to get everybody baptized. See, God wants to do miracles tonight. Look, don't look around. I said, God wants to do miracles tonight. I got a friend down in Georgia called me on the way here today. He's 48 years old. Three weeks ago in the hospital, they gave him up to die. He said, he can't live. We can't do anything for you. 48 years old. His attorney called me. He wanted me to be his power of attorney, make sure his wife got everything she's supposed to get. He's, he's a wealthy man. I love him. We're friends. I prayed for him. Storm kept coming. I asked God to heal him. Storm kept coming. Friday night, about a week ago, I took as much of it I could take. I got him on the phone. He's in the hospital dying. He's, he's already making his funeral arrangements. He's already told his wife who he wants to preach the funeral, me and his pastor. He already told her the songs he wants her to sing. He told her, give James uh, my guitars. He has some real expensive Martin guitars. Give James my guitars. I called him. When I got him on the phone, I said, Brian, I'm going to pray for you and God's going to touch you today. Here's my prayer. Lord, I've been serving you for 40 years. And I need a favor. Doctors can't help, my friends. You're our only hope. And that's how I prayed. The next morning, he started getting better. He went for a full body scan on Tuesday of this week, and the doctor said, I'll see you in six months. Nothing, nothing, nothing there. Nothing there. Oh, before it was all in here, but now it's gone. You sit, sit down just a minute. Sit down just a minute. Hold on to that because I might need it in a minute. Hallelujah. We're going to do two things right now at the end of the service. We're going to do two things, okay? And, and, and it's going to be up to you how long you stay. I'm not in any hurry, and I'm not going to get mad at you if you leave. Just don't get mad at me if I stay. All right? Because I'm going to pray for everybody that needs prayer. I'm going to lay hands on everybody that needs prayer. And if you've got to leave, all I ask is that you go out in the foyer and, and, and out the door and don't get loud. Don't interrupt what's going on in here. Amen, okay? Because God's Spirit's here, and, and the Holy Spirit's grieved very easily. And so Jesus himself had to put out those unbelievers before the Jairus' daughter could be raised from the dead. And I'm not greater than Jesus. You understand? So it's not that I'm being rude or... Or, or anything like that, or don't want you to fellowship. It's just that I want people to get a touch from God tonight. Because some people in here, would you ever believe after the great convention we had last year, and Brother Tony Mack, how he preached his heart out, and God used that man that he'd be in heaven tonight. We would never even, for a moment, think that. You understand what I'm saying? So I don't know what's in our future, yours and mine. But tonight, we've got this moment with God. And if you've got things you need to be delivered of, tonight's your night. If you've got chains that need to be broken, tonight's your night. If you've got sicknesses that need to be healed, tonight is your night. Amen. I want to know that every piece of literature that goes out of here, I had part of it. I want to know every life that was touched by that literature, I had a part in it. Come on. Amen. You don't know the people. Man, I'm down in Mississippi. In Crystal Springs, Mississippi. There's a big 18-wheeler sitting in the parking lot. Inside is a man and his wife. You know how they got there? They heard me preach on one of the CDs, and they came that morning to get their life right with Jesus. 
in Mississippi, Crystal Spring, Mississippi. <laughs> hundreds of them. Hundreds of them like that. You don't hear about all of them, but you hear about some of them. Amen. Heaven will reveal all of them. Well, friends, we don't like to close any program without asking you, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you're not sure, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you would like to be saved, pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to be a Christian. I want you to come into my heart right now and save me. And I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. What has a big trouble, children? Step on in. Well, friends, if you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want to hear from you. Give us a call right here at 618-383-2107. And remember this, friends, Jesus loves you, and we do too. And this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later. Running like never before Well, there's a speed zone ahead, all right But I don't see a cop in sight Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it on tonight I got me ten forward gears and a Georgia overdrive I don't need no pills cause my eyes are open wide I just passed the Volvo and a white I've been passing everything inside Six days on the road And I'm gonna make it on tonight I'll take it home
see is a chicken on down the line. I'm a little overweight and my law boots way behind. Nothing bothers me tonight. I can dodge all the scales, alright. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it on tonight. Well, my rig's a little low, but that don't mean she's slow. There's a flame from a stack and the smoke blowing black as coal. Well, my hometowns are coming in sight. And if you think I'm happy, you're right. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight. I said six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight. Look out, mama. Here. 